1: or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
2: This podcast contains graphic content and may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised.
3: True North True Crime is produced on the territories of the Coast Salish people.
4: But just keep in mind, as the investigation uh, progresses, there may be a time when it's um, it, it'll serve a purpose for the investigation for us to provide more information. Mm-hmm. But right now, uh, we have to keep that information airtight. And I we've spoken so much of you know you, we always throw out that term integrity of the investigation, integrity of the, of the investigation. But really, I fall back to that term integrity of the investigation. It is so crucial. That um, we keep what we know to ourselves, and I mean to our to hit for the time being, um, because I know there is a very curious community out there, right? Social media has shown that there's a lot of people who just you know want to know what happened just for their own curiosity, um, but we're very aware that Trina's killer is also out there because he's not we we, didn't, we have we don't have him in custody yet. Um, But that person uh, is still out there, and that person could be watching and may want to know exactly what the police know. And I am not going to provide any information to that person whatsoever.
3: On January 18th, 2021, people felt concerned that a 48-year-old woman had gone missing from her Port Moody home. Perhaps she had just walked away, gotten lost, or had an accident. But that concern turned to suspicion, as days turned into weeks without answers. Next came tragedy, horror, and grief when her body was discovered, and her death was ruled a homicide. It has now been two years since the nightmare began, and the calls for justice continue while her killer remains free. She has not been forgotten. Collectively, we have not forgotten. Tonight we present the unsolved murder of Trina Hunt. And you are listening to True North True Crime.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to True North True Crime. Thanks for joining us. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know that you can now subscribe to the podcast on Patreon. We have a one-tier system now where you can get ad-free episodes, early release episodes, archived episodes, as well as exclusive bonus episodes for just $5 a month. So if that's something you want to do, you can subscribe by going to patreon.com slash tntcpod. For those that had a pre-existing subscription, we want to thank you for your patience last month as we merged those tiers. We really appreciate your understanding. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can help us out by writing a five-star review on Apple or hitting subscribe or follow on whichever platform you're currently listening on. And as always, if you have a case suggestion for us, you can send us an email at truenorthtruecrime@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Okay, let's get into tonight's episode.
3: So tonight we are talking about the 2021 unsolved murder of 48-year-old Port Moody resident Trina Hunt. We have spoken on other podcasts about this case, including American podcaster Bob Ruff's True Crime Binge. We also recently appeared on CTV News to discuss the case on the two-year anniversary of Trina's initial disappearance. We do this in hopes of bringing justice for Trina and her family. In the two years that have passed since Trina was reported missing, a lot has happened, including an arrest. However, charges have not been laid in this homicide. We originally covered Trina's death in episode 24, which we released on May 16th, 2021. At that time, a lot of information was going around and we did our best to present all of it. But we now want to present a more streamlined uh, approach to the case and really narrow down what has gone on in this case since her disappearance. Our intention for this episode is to continue to keep Trina's name in the media and to remind folks that Trina Hunt's murder remains unsolved. If you are a member of any of the Trina Hunt Facebook or Reddit groups, or if you have been following this case closely, we are not going to be breaking any news in this episode. We will be recounting the known facts and the timeline. There are, however, a couple of police actions that occurred after our episode came out, which may be new information for some of our listeners who are outside of British Columbia. We put this episode together using publicly available news articles. We also will be using the timeline that has been published on the website TrinaHunt.com. All of the information on that site has been painstakingly vetted by a group of hardworking people who have been spreading awareness about this case from the start. Along with that information, we also spoke with members of Trina Hunt's family and people involved with the Facebook groups. As an additional content warning, this episode deals with gender-based violence and the murder of a woman.
2: This case takes place in my hometown city of Port Moody, British Columbia. Port Moody is a city in the metro Vancouver area with a population of about 40,000 people. It's a pretty amazing place to call home as well as grow up in. It has easy access to Vancouver while also being close to nature, so it's easy to see why so many people call Port Moody home and are proud to do so. Port Moody is also considered a part of the Tri-Cities area of Metro Vancouver. The city of Port Moody is growing quite a bit and is considered safe. It is policed by its own municipal police force known as the Port Moody Police Department. There are some great neighborhoods in Port Moody, including Heritage Mountain, where Trina Hunt lived with her husband, Ian Hunt. Heritage Mountain is a safe and relatively quiet community. There are lots of detached single-family homes, townhouses, and condos in the area with access to parks, hiking trails, schools, a hospital, and shopping areas. Trina Hunt was born Trina Ibbitt on June 6, 1972. She was raised in the Tri-Cities where she lived with her family. Trina attended Centennial High School in Coquitlam. After graduating high school, Trina worked in a daycare and eventually took a job with Shaw Cable, where she worked until she took an early retirement package in 2018. A testament to her personality is that Trina remained friends with several co-workers after leaving Shaw. She was known to be friendly and kind-hearted. Those close to her often used the term sparkle to describe the aspect of her personality that drew people to her. She had an infectious enthusiasm, a great smile and laugh, and would wildly gesture with her hands when she was telling a story. Trina was also the type that brought people together. This was especially seen during the pandemic when she would do Zoom cocktail meetups or organize a COVID-safe backyard gathering for family. She could also be reserved and not really one for social media. There are a few things that Trina clearly enjoyed. She was a bit of a foodie who loved cooking and hosting people. She also loved to travel, as shown in a photo of her smiling brightly atop Machu Picchu. There have been many articles written about Trina and who she was. We wanted to provide an audio clip here of Trina. Here she is wishing a family member happy birthday.
5: Hi, Uncle Ron. I just wanted to send you the warmest of birthday wishes on your very special 90th birthday. I could make some jokes about how you're now classic or vintage, or how you're not getting older, you're just increasing in value, all of which would be true. But what I want you to know the most is how much I love and adore you and how much I appreciate having you in my life. I hope that when you sit back and reflect on the last 90 years, you have a heart full of joyous memories. And I hope that when you look forward, you still have the excitement in your heart for what's left to come. Lots of love and happy birthday.
2: In her teens, Trina met a boy named Ian Hunt. Now, before we move on, we want to be clear that we are pronouncing that correctly. His name is Ian, not Ian. Trina and Ian met as teens in high school in Coquitlam. What started as high school sweethearts continued into their adulthood. The two were married for about 20 years before Trina
3: disappeared. So, Ian Hunt was also from the Tri-Cities area, having grown up in Coquitlam. His family was made up of his two parents, who now reside in Mission, British Columbia, along with his sister and a brother whose name was Andrew. Tragedy struck his family many years ago when Andrew was killed in a car accident at just 16 years old. In the aftermath, the Hunt family created a memorial fund in Andrew's name that provided financial assistance to young water polo players. In 1992, Ian attended the University of British Columbia, receiving a BLA in landscaping architecture. In 2003, he received a Bachelor's of Science in construction management, and then in 2005, he earned a Master's in Business through the University of Phoenix. According to Ian's LinkedIn, he was the Vice President of Cleantech from 2005 to 2012, and then in 2012, he was promoted to the position of CEO Cleantech is a Richmond-based company that specializes in janitorial services for multiple sectors in British Columbia. According to an article in the Globe and Mail, Ian was asked by the owners to grow the company, and they gave him freedom to accomplish this. In the same article, it is stated that Ian took the company from a $1 million a year company to a $13 million a year company during his time at the helm. He attributes his success to not being a micromanager and states, When I hire people, I hire them because they're smarter than I am at the things that I need them to do. Ian has also been involved in charity causes and has raised money for the Richmond Hospital Fund. Here is a clip of Ian Hunt addressing his teams during the early days of the COVID pandemic. We want to apologize for the quality of the clip we're about to play. Um, The audio is not great on it. Cleantech actually deleted the original, and this is one that's just been shared on social media.
1: Hi, it's Ian, CEO with Cleantech Service Group. I want to thank you for the important work that you've been doing, especially these past few weeks. Our clients appreciate
3: and recognize that the work you're doing is an essential service. They know that you're helping keep them safe. Some of you have been sending in your photos and trending with the hashtag heroes of clean. I encourage you to keep sending in your photos to your operations managers. Your work continues to be important
1: and we're here to support you. We've been distributing things like gloves to help keep you safe. Masks are harder to find,
6: especially in large quantities, but we still have some and thousands more on order. As they arrive, We'll make them available to those of you who choose to wear
3: them. Contact your operations manager if you wish to receive masks, and then be patient while our team helps to get them to you. So life by most metrics for Ian and Trina were good. In the early years of their marriage, they were able to buy a home in Coquitlam with the help of their family. The house appreciated in value, and they went on to buy a beautiful home in Heritage Mountain. The 3,100-square-foot home located on Hawthorne Drive has five bedrooms and four bathrooms. The estimated value of the home is about $1.8 million. The home also has a two-car garage with a charcoal gray BMW 3 Series and a white Mercedes GLE SUV. The Hunts also enjoyed traveling together. They were both very fashionable, worldly people. They liked nice wine and dinner parties. By all appearances, the Hunts were an example of a mid-40s couple that were quite successful. The metro Vancouver area is an incredibly competitive and unaffordable place. The Hunts seem to be making it all work. High school sweethearts that went on to enjoy a status that is inspiring to many. There are no reported incidents of domestic violence or marital issues or financial issues. So what happened? We are now going to get into the timeline of Trina's disappearance. The timeline we are using comes directly from TrinaHunt.com. This timeline was created by members of the Murder of Trina Hunt Facebook discussion group.
2: On Thursday, January 14th, 2021, Trina is spotted on CCTV in a shopping area in Port Moody. This is the last known sighting of Trina in public. On Friday, January 15th, 2021, Trina texts with a friend in Ottawa they discuss having a virtual cocktail hour at some point over the weekend. So, these are the last two accounts for Trina's whereabouts that have been verified by people other than her husband. The following account from Saturday was stated to family members by Ian after Trina was reported missing. On Saturday, January 16th, 2021, Ian Hunt told family members that he and Trina drove to Hope, British Columbia for a day trip. The purpose of this trip was to visit a campground that they used to go to when they were younger. Port Moody to Hope is about an hour and a half drive, so this would be a three-hour round trip in the winter month of January. For those outside of British Columbia, Hope is a small town at the eastern end of the rural Fraser Valley. The area that surrounds Hope has dense forests, high mountains, lakes, and rivers. The weather that day was cold and icy, with cloud cover, some fog patches, and light showers in Hope. The temperature that day was a high of 7 degrees Celsius and a low of 1 degree Celsius. Ian states that they took the rear-wheel drive BMW 3 Series rather than using Trina's all-wheel drive Mercedes SUV that they usually took out on weekends. He stated to family members that they made no stops on the trip there or the trip back. They just drove an hour and a half to Hope, visited the campground, and drove an hour and a half back to Port Moody. He also stated that there were no phones as they were taking what he refers to as a digital detox due to being overwhelmed by Donald Trump and COVID news. It is not clear if he is stating that the phones were in the car but not turned on or if they left their phones at home. It is also not clear if he is stating that they were both without their phones or or if it was just Trina, who allegedly did not have her phone. Ian also states that they were back in time to watch a movie. Also, on Saturday, January 16th, two text messages were sent to Trina from a friend. These messages went unanswered. When Ian was asked by family members what the couple did on Sunday, he stated that it was just a quiet weekend in. There has been no clear statement of what they did on that Sunday. However, at four thirty-three p.m. on Sunday, Trina's phone responds to some text messages.
3: Okay, so here are those texts, which are a response to a message from a coworker. This message from the coworker, of course, went unresponded to on the Saturday, but then on Sunday, um, Trina's phone responds. So, at four thirty-three p.m. on Sunday, January seventeenth. 2021 trina's phone responds too funny exclamation mark and then another text message delayed response because i am trying a digital detox this weekend haven't touched the phone all weekend the former co-worker responds immediately saying wow good for you must be so much harder stuck at home trina's phone does not respond to this text until 7:19 p.m when a text is sent from Trina's phone that simply says, Amen! with an exclamation mark. There's no mention of hope, no mention of a road trip, uh, no mention of anything else from that weekend, just that there's been a digital detox, haven't touched the phone, um, and then Amen. Friends and family who have read these messages say that the curt texting style and lack of emojis was very unlike Trina. Also, Trina had not used the expression, Amen! Amen! Exclamation mark in the past. So just to quickly recap here, we have Trina seen on Thursday on the CCTV footage. She speaks to a friend on Friday. Then the only person to corroborate her whereabouts on Saturday and Sunday is her husband, Ian, who states that they took a day trip to Hope without their phones uh, due to a digital detox. Then they watched a movie on Saturday night. Then on Sunday, they had a vague, quiet weekend. And on Sunday, her phone sends text messages that don't really sound like her. So before retiring for bed on Sunday evening, Ian states that he does not set the house alarm system as he did not want to wake Trina when he left the next morning for work. So then on Monday, January 18th, 2021, Ian states that he left for work at 6 a.m. He states that Trina was at home when he left. Throughout the day on Monday, January 18th, there is no activity on Trina's phone or on her laptop. Then at 1 p.m., Trina is a no-show for a telephone appointment that she was supposed to attend. At 4:30, Ian returns home from work. He states that the front door is unlocked. The alarm is unset. There are no signs of forced entry. Trina is not there. However, her keys her phone, her wallet, and her car are all at home. Then at 5 p.m., just 30 minutes later, 30 minutes after finding his wife was not at home, Ian phones the Port Moody Police Department to report Trina as a missing person.
2: As news of Trina's disappearance became known to more people in the public, many gathered over the next few days in the area of Heritage Mountain to help search for her. This included friends and family, but also strangers as well as members of the community. For four days, people searched on foot. Over the next few days, this search expanded to include a helicopter as well as a canine unit along with hundreds of volunteers. A family-run Facebook group was launched in which people shared in real-time areas that they were searching or had searched. Family members were very clear with the Port Moody police that this was out of character for Trina, But Port Moody police treated Trina's disappearance as a case of misadventure. Perhaps she got lost or had an accident. There was even some speculation that she chose to leave, or it was suicide. It seemed that everything was on the table for the investigation, except for foul play. After four days of extensive searching, the ground search was called off. Although some searches began again shortly afterwards, they eventually petered out as no evidence was found in the Port Moody area.
3: On February 17, 2021, a month after her disappearance, Port Moody Police Department released the following statement. Trina Hunt was reported missing on January 18, 2021. Numerous investigative resources have been utilized in the search for Trina, including RCMP Air Services, Coquitlam Search and Rescue, the Vancouver Police Marine Unit, and Lower Mainland Integrated Police Dog Service. Our investigators have pursued the available avenues of inquiry, including minute by minute examination of a massive amount of recovered CCTV footage, tips from the public, and numerous in person interviews. We have also contacted our partners at the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team, or IHIT, as part of the team's mandate is to investigate suspicious missing persons cases where foul play is suspected. At this time, evidence indicates that this missing person case does not meet IHIT's mandate. So, one month into this investigation, IHIT, the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team, stated that this case does not meet their threshold for investigation, thus punting the ball back to Port Moody Police. It was around this time that the public view began to shift. People began to notice that Ian had not taken part in any of the searches. He had not made a media plea. He had not donated to the GoFundMe despite being of means. He was also absent at online or in-person vigils. On March 1st, 2021, community organizers and family members put up a large banner across an overpass in Port Moody. Ian did not attend. However, he asked family spokesperson Stephanie Ibbett, to read a prepared statement for the media in attendance. Here is part of this statement, read by Stephanie. Quote, The past six weeks since Trina's disappearance have been devastating and incredibly difficult time for me, and everyone who knows my wife. I feel the same frustration and the incomprehension that her parents, family, and friends share in not knowing what happened to Trina. I am confident that the police are doing all they can to solve this case. I am hopeful that they will bring Trina home. In April of 2021, concerned citizens began to take a new approach to this case. Previously, all of the missing persons posters simply displayed a picture of Trina with her stats and where to report any sightings. But new posters began to appear. These posters show photos of both Trina and and Ian, and both of their cars. These posters were shared throughout social media and in the area of Hope, British Columbia. The posters asked Hope residents, hunters, and outdoors people from the area to review their dashcam footage, their camera rolls, hunting cameras, and trail cameras in hopes of finding evidence that showed the couple either together or as individuals in the Hope area on the weekend of January 16th. According to some sources, there were some leads that came back from this campaign, including a possible sighting at the Flying J truck stop.
2: As the spring came, several sets of human remains were found in the area of Hope. IHIT, along with the B.C. Coroner Service, began identifying these remains to determine if they were related to open missing persons files in the Lower Mainland. One of those sets of remains was found on March 29, 2021. A month later, on May 1st, iHit made the following announcement on their Twitter. Human remains found in Hope, B.C. are those of 48-year-old Trina Hunt of Port Moody. This is now a homicide case. Foul play is suspected. We'll be working with the Port Moody Police Department. No further details at this time. The investigation is active and ongoing. No media availability. We're now going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. When we return, we will talk about the public reaction, the investigation, and the arrest that occurred in this case.
0: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend.
2: Okay, we are back. So before the break, we outlined the disappearance of Trina Hunt. Trina was reported missing from her Port Moody home by her husband on Monday, January 18th, 2021. Her husband told family members that the two had taken a day trip to Hope on the Saturday, that would be January 16th, and returned home together on the same day. However, her remains were found in Hope on March 29th. Trina's car, phone, wallet, and keys were at home, leaving many to wonder how she would have got to Hope, which was an hour and a half away from her Port Moody home. Trina's remains were found in what has been described as a remote area near Hope and south of Silver Creek. Very few other details are publicly known about the area where the remains were found. The trip to Hope the digital detox and the text messages from Trina's phone have left many people, including some family members to voice their suspicions that the story simply doesn't add up. The following clip is from an interview with Trina's cousin, Colin and his wife and family spokesperson, Stephanie by global BC's reporter, Rumina Dea.
6: The digital detox text message sent from Trina's phone back in January. Odd says her cousin. I think it's uh possible that it wasn't her. During a family meeting, Stephanie Ibbitt says Trina's husband explains.
5: The digital detox came up and it was just said that she had needed a break from COVID and Trump on the news and they decided to take the weekend away from their cell
3: phones. For the for that to be the, you know, the precursor to her going missing, it just seems strange. There's no question. <laughs> really the right?
6: Ibbitt says Ian told the family he and Trina went to Hope two days before she was reported missing. They would go on long
5: drives with purpose, such as going to the dairy farm, um, but they went to Hope to revisit a campground that they had visited in their 20s.
3: The part that makes no sense for me is the, is the drive to Hope on the Saturday without cell phones, and then she is found in Hope.
6: We heard that he took a lie detector. Is this true? Do you have any information on
5: that? He, he told us that he took one and
6: he passed. We reached out to Ion. No response. Police initially said there was no evidence of foul play. Now it's a homicide investigation. No charges have been laid.
3: So it was at this point in the case that we released our first episode. Since then, there have been a few developments. The first was that on June 1st, 2021, Trina's family put up a $50,000 reward for information leading to an arrest or charges in this case. Publicly, it was disclosed that neither Ian nor his family contributed to the award sum. Stephanie Ibbett delivered a powerful and passionate message to the person who took Trina's life, asking them to come forward and to end the family's suffering. Here's that message.
5: Four months ago, our world was turned upside down. Our beloved Trina was reported missing. The pain and anguish that we have felt is unbearable. Our hearts are broken. On March 29th, Trina was found in Hope, BC. Since then, we have had no answers, no arrests, no closure. Trina was the sparkle of our lives. Her energy, enthusiasm, and zest for life was one of a kind. You couldn't help but feel joyful around Trina as she lived life to the fullest. We are completely and utterly devastated to know that we will never again experience complete family dinners, backyard games of bocce ball, or special pies made by Trina. Life will never be the same. This community, our community, has been absolutely amazing. You have supported each and every step of the way. We have continually felt your love and kindness, so thank you. But we need to call on you once again. We need your help. We need to find the person who did this and bring justice for trina someone murdered our trina someone took her life please think back to the weekend of january 15th trina was found in hope bc south of silver creek did you see or hear anything out of the ordinary do you know something anything The family of Trina Hunt is offering a reward of up to $50,000 for new information leading to an arrest and laying of criminal charges. We know someone out there knows something or has heard something. Are you suspicious of someone or are you protecting someone? We need you to come forward. We need you to be Trina's voice. Please, we beg of you to do the right thing and put an end to this unnecessary suffering our final message is for the person who did this to trina you need to come forward and take responsibility for what you did you have senselessly taken trina's life and ruined so many others own up to your actions and accept the consequences it's the least you can do we know you're out there and our family and our community will continue fighting for answers. And while painfully, nothing will bring back our Trina, we will get justice for Trina, we promise. Trina and all women deserve nothing less, thank you.
3: As news of Trina's death shocked the public, many visited the home on Hawthorne Drive, where they laid flowers and paid respects. Photos of Trina were placed on the lawn, and a lot of media attention was focused on this house. During this period of grieving, Trina's husband spent some of his time at his parents' home in Mission, B.C., away from the crowds. This is important because of what happened on Saturday, June 5th, 2021. So on Saturday, June 5, 2021, five months after Trina was reported missing, IHIT executed search warrants on two different properties. The first warrant sent investigators into the home on Hawthorne Drive in Port Moody. The second warrant sent investigators into Ian's parents' home in Mission, British Columbia. Investigators were seen leaving both properties with evidence bags and boxes. Both the BMW 3 Series and Trina's Mercedes were loaded onto flatbed trucks and taken in for examination. It should be noted here that Ian's BMW was towed from the Hawthorne Drive residence in Port Moody and Trina's Mercedes was towed from the Mission home. As day turned into night on Hawthorne Drive, the search continued. Many people observed quite a bit of light coming from the garage, indicating that at least part of the search was focused on the garage. Within days, the cars were returned, and no arrests were made. The cars have since been sold or traded in. IHIC confirmed that they had in fact executed search warrants in relation to Trina's murder, but no other information was revealed at the time.
2: What followed the search warrants was an excruciating year of silence from law enforcement. The family continued to make some public appeals, they held vigils and various awareness campaigns. There were few places in the lower mainland that you could go without seeing a photo of Trina and the hashtag JusticeForTrina. One year after the search warrants were executed, there was finally a major announcement. Here's the breaking news as reported by Global News on June 3rd, 2022. We begin with
5: breaking news of an arrest in the murder of Trina Hunt.
6: This was a very high-profile case. The 48-year-old Port Moody woman was reported missing in January of 2021. Her body found about three months later. And our Sarah McDonald is live in studio with us now with the breaking details. Sarah?
2: Yeah, Chris, Sophie, this is the development that Hunt's loved ones have been waiting for for a year and a half now. Less than two hours ago, an arrest was finally made in this case. Here is what we know and what we can report at this point. The Integrated Homicide Investigation Team confirming to Global News that one man has been arrested in connection to the death of Trina Hunt. No charges have been laid at this point, so IHIT will not release the name of that individual. But we can confirm a sizable police presence was seen Outside the Port Moody house, that Trina shared with her husband, Ian, this afternoon. Trina Hunt vanished in January of 20- So, obviously, global news were pretty coy about the details of this arrest. There are still media sources to this day who state a man was arrested without stating the identity of this man. Well, that man was Ian Hunt. Neighbors were very quick to pull out their phones and record the very public arrest that took place. Around dinnertime on Friday, June 3rd, 2021, Ian Hunt stood in his slippers on the driveway of the Hawthorne Drive home with his hands in handcuffs behind his back, clearly under arrest. This, in old-fashioned police terms, was definitely a perp walk. This was an arrest that could have been done with some level of discretion But it was not. It was deliberately a public arrest. This led many people to believe that the investigation had turned a corner and that there would finally be justice for Trina.
3: It should be noted, of course, here that all people, even if they are arrested, even if they are charged, remain innocent in Canada until they are proven guilty in a court of law. Now, for an arrest like this, the investigators can keep a suspect for up to 24 hours. At the 24-hour mark of the interview and evidence collection process, they must charge the suspect or release them. Well, apparently they did not need 24 hours. Mere hours after Ian was arrested, information began to circulate that he had been released without charges being laid. This was later confirmed by iHit. The following is from a Global News article by Elizabeth McSheffery. The man arrested in connection with the killing of Trina Hunt has been released without charges, creating false hope, according to her grieving family. The Integrated Homicide Investigation Team has not yet revealed the identity of the man taken into custody outside of Hunt's home in Port Moody, B.C. on Friday, but confirmed that he had been released. Quote, there isn't much I can say at this point, as it could jeopardize the integrity of the ongoing investigation, said IHIT's Sergeant David Lee in an interview on Monday. The arrest and release, quote, does not signify the end of the investigation, Lee added, but was part of the investigative process. It doesn't mean charges won't be laid, he said, just that we aren't there yet. That statement was made by IHIT on June 4th, 2021, And since then, there have been no further search warrants and no further arrests.
2: So that is where the case stands today, frozen in time. The unanswered question that keeps coming up is, how did Trina's remains end up in Hope? Her husband stated that he and Trina went to Hope on Saturday, January 16th, and returned back to Port Moody on that same day. Then she went missing on Monday, January 18th, but she left her car, keys, phone, and wallet at home in Port Moody, and then her body was discovered in Hope on March 29th. So how would Trina's remains end up in Hope? Stranger abductions are incredibly rare. The last recorded stranger abduction in Port Moody was in the 1970s. Trina did not live with complex mental health issues. There were no challenges with addiction. She didn't have dangerous debt or connections to organized crime. By current definition, she was not high risk. She wouldn't take a secret Uber to a remote location in hope. She didn't hitchhike or take hours of
3: public transit. And she couldn't have walked there. This question and many more have been posted to multiple groups online by people who have been following this case since Trina first went missing. There is a subreddit called Missing Trina Hunt. There is uh, a Facebook group that is run by the family that is called Justice for Trina Hunt, which provides opportunities to help. And there is also a group called the Murder of Trina Hunt Discussion Group. This last group was started in the early days after Trina was reported missing. It was there that quite a bit of information started to flow, that this was maybe more than just a case of a person who had walked away from her life. This group has been pretty integral in doing a lot of work behind the scenes and in the public eye. We recently spoke to Jen Lamont, one of the founding members of this group. We asked Jen to provide a comment for this episode in regards to this group. She stated the following. When I created this group almost two years ago, along with my fellow admins, I had no idea it would turn into a community of really caring individuals who would go above and beyond trying to find answers for Trina's family. Members who made and printed posters, stickers, drove out to the location where she was found to post signs, helped with these searches, organized our own searches in Hope, collectively made a website with a timeline of events leading up to her death and beyond, and the list goes on. Thousands upon thousands of hours have been spent between us on this quest for Justice for Trina. The group is so much more than just armchair detectives or true crime fanatics. We are members of the community, mostly women, who resonated with some aspect of this case. For me, personally, it was because I was relatively close in age to Trina, and we had some mutual friends. I felt strongly connected to the case since the very second I first saw the news broadcast that she was missing. This group has brought on some tough conversations, and people didn't shy away from those conversations, especially early on when there was denial running through the family. Our group contains quite a few subject matter experts, including some retired law enforcement and some legal experts. Although people are free to share their thoughts, there is structure in a lot of these conversations so that they don't go off the rails. We made sure to keep Trina's story in the light so she would not and won't be forgotten. I believe we have uncovered a lot of information as to the whys of this horrendous murder. We are just waiting patiently for the finality of the who. I genuinely believe that the person or persons responsible for Trina's murder will be arrested and charged. I know that it's a very frustrating process, but given the complexities of the case and other underlying factors, I believe it will take some time. I'm hoping it's not long. In the meantime, we will continue to advocate for justice for Trina, keep asking questions, and keep talking about her.
2: Over the past two years, media outlets have done a good job of keeping Trina's story in the news. However, without new information, leads, or media pleas, they've recently struggled to cover this case. Instead, they're relying on anniversary coverage. This year, on the two-year anniversary of Trina's disappearance, we were approached by CTV Vancouver reporter Shannon Patterson to participate in a segment about Trina. We shared the segment with criminologist Robert Gordon. Here is that segment.
6: When Trina Hunt's husband reported her missing on January 18th, 2021, it grabbed the attention of a Vancouver Island couple behind a popular true crime podcast.
2: I grew up in Port Moody, so I was initially just super intrigued by this case just because I was very familiar with the area. And I think Trina is just a very relatable Person, and that's what really got us into this case.
6: The Duffies were working on a True North true crime episode about Hunt's disappearance when police announced the 48 year old's remains had been found near Hope.
3: We just knew in that moment that it was going to be incredibly devastating for the family and for a really large group of people who have gathered in community online. Um, to support the family.
6: 13 months later, neighbors in Port Moody shot video of Hunt's husband, Ian, under arrest in handcuffs on the couple's driveway.
2: I remember that being the day where we were like, finally, we're going to get answers. We're going to get justice. This is going, this is it. And, and then it wasn't. And then he was released.
6: Since then, there have been no further arrests and homicide investigators won't discuss the case publicly or take questions from the media.
0: What that's telling me is that they don't think that you could offer for anything because they've got their prime suspect. All they need is a piece for the jigsaw puzzle that is currently being held by uh, the BC prosecution service. Is the
3: Crown just waiting on one last piece of evidence? Have they passed the file back to IHIT? a number of times and said, there's not enough.
6: On this two-year anniversary of Trina being reported missing, her brother posted to Facebook, this journey has been incredibly difficult, with never-ending waves of grief, anguish, and trauma repeatedly engulfing us. Nothing about our path has been simple. The family continues to offer $50,000 to anyone with information leading to criminal charges and say Iron Hunt has chosen not to contribute to that reward.
0: They may be a little frustrated by the fact that that has that not yielded the kind of cooperation they've been hoping for.
6: The Duffies are working on a new podcast about the Hunt murder case that will drop next month.
3: I think an arrest is possible, but I've been surprised before when, when cases have dragged on.
6: For Trina's family's sake, they hope someone will be brought to justice before another anniversary passes. Shannon Patterson, CTV News.
2: There is a belief that IHIT does have somewhat of a case to file some sort of charges in relation to Trina's murder. Perhaps not a first-degree murder charge, but instead a lesser charge of second-degree or manslaughter. But many are speculating that the Crown is hesitant to move forward with a case that might not secure a conviction at this time. IHIT has just recently, on January 18th, 2023, we are recording this episode on January 28th, 2023, released another plea for information. However, this time they state, IHIT is asking anyone with information who has yet to speak to the police to contact the IHIT information line at one 877 551 I hit. that's 4448, or by email at iHITinfo at rcmp-grc.gc.ca. It is our belief that at this stage of the investigation, I hit is seeking out a confidant or someone close to the main suspect that may have more information that they have been hesitant to come forward with. We hope that this person or persons are able to reflect on this situation, and get the weight of that information off of their shoulders. Someone deserves to face justice for the loss of an innocent human life. A grieving family deserves some semblance of peace as well as answers as to what happened to their loved one. There's also a massive community of people who have come together in the wake of this senseless tragedy that is waiting for justice as well as answers."
3: Before we end this episode, we want to include the voice of Trina's mother, Diana Ibbett. Here is Diana speaking at an event on the International Day to Eliminate Violence Against Women.
0: A year ago, we never thought we would one day be here speaking to a crowd about the importance of advocating yourself and those who are experiencing gender-based violence. We were just such an ordinary... Family and had so much fun and laughter and our family celebrating all our celebrations together. Then our lives changed on Monday, January the 18th, 2021, when we got a call saying that Trina was missing at the beginning of our nightmare. The following month, we did everything we possibly could to find Trina. And there were so many people that came out and supported us. Then one day a knock came on our door and it was the police along with victim services advising that Trina had been found. Since that day our lives have never been the same, losing a daughter Incomprehensible story. We don't understand how anyone would take our beautiful daughter away from us for no apparent reason. Today, we have no answers. To treat us dead.
2: We know that an arrest and conviction will not bring Trina back. The pain will remain for the family as well as the community. Justice is the only thing that our system offers. We hope that the next time that we see an update about this case, it's the news of an arrest as well as a charge. We ask that you share this episode to remind the BC Crown Prosecutor that Trina has not been forgotten. We want to thank you for joining us for this episode. We will be back soon with a new episode of True North, True Crime. So until then, stay safe, everyone.
3: Stay safe.
1: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts?